This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and for the summer months on the Bobcast, we are taking a trip down memory lane with student-athletes and coaches from the past. This week, we catch up with Rob Thompson, the Bates men's soccer team's first All-American from the class of 1966. That's coming up on the Bates Bobcast. Rob Thompson starred on the soccer pitch for Bates in the program's first four seasons as a varsity sport. Starting in 1962, the Bobcats went 24-10-7 during Thompson's collegiate career. And in 1965, he became the first All-American in team history. The big fullback stood 6'4 and anchored the Bobcat defense. He also starred on the tennis court for two years, playing doubles with James Stu Wallach and helping Bates achieve a 10-1 record in 1963. Thompson's soccer prowess was such that he even got recruited to kick for the football team. In 1965, he made a field goal and played a soccer match against Bowdoin on the same day. And today, Rob Thompson joins the Bobcast. Rob, first of all, take us back when you were growing up. When did you first get into playing the sport of soccer? Because um, that was, you also played tennis and, and, and football at base, but soccer was kind of your primary sport. When did that first get going for you? Well, I, I uh, grew up in West Hartford, Connecticut, and um, it was, I think, maybe ahead of, the, ahead of the curve in terms of soccer. So I got introduced to soccer pretty early in junior high school, and then on to, uh, I didn't do any league play, you know, uh, that I don't think they had it then, but... Um, then I went on to high school where I played at Conard High School. There's, there were, there's two high schools in West Hartford. And I played at Conard High School um, for four years. I followed my older brother, who was also a soccer player. I did well there. Um, I was the captain of the soccer team in my, my senior year. I have a younger brother, who's only a year younger than I am. He's a soccer player, or he was. All of us are wases. And uh, both my older brother, Myself and my younger brother were the captains of the uh, Conard High School so- soccer team. In fact, the uh, athletic director, the, the soccer coach at the time said, and he moved on to a new job when, I, when my brother Frank left, and he said, when I run out of Thompson's, I quit. So he, <laughs> <laughs> he went uh, on to bigger and better things. So from there, of course, I went to Bates. And, uh, and when I came to Bates, it was their first year as an intercollegiate sport, uh, had been a club, I guess, before that. Right. What made Bates an attractive college for you when you were looking at college? Well, it, I mean, it wasn't, I wasn't drawn to it by the soccer. Um, uh, I, I figured I would have an opportunity to play there, but, and, and I, I'm sure I must have known that it was going to be an intercollegiate sport then. I, I don't have that memory, but I like the, uh, first of all, West Hartford is a, a main feeder for, or used to be a, a big feeding point for Bates College. So I knew about the school. I had a close friend who was who ultimately went also. Um, but it's a small co-educational um, school that was uh, attractive to me, a very fine school. I liked where it was in Maine. I applied to other schools, but I, didn't, you know, I was not interested in fraternities kind of thing. And I knew that Bates didn't have it. So that was a plus for me. I guess, you know, those were the thing, uh, things in general that uh, drew me to the school. 
So you arrive at Bates, your, your first coach in soccer, James Somerville. Tell me about him. Yeah, yeah well, my memory is, uh, in fact, I, I took up, when you contacted me, I, uh, I, of course, pulled out the yearbook and, uh, and, and I found a, cop, a, a copy of a picture. And I don't, it's, it's not, it's a copy only. And I don't remember where it came from, but it's the picture of the soccer team in the first year I was at Bates with, with Coach Somerville who um, I remember he had a, a pretty heavy brogue and, uh, and he was, I guess he was a towny guy who was uh, a real, you know, an avid soccer person, knew a lot about the sport probably in his day played. I can't tell you much, um, you know, uh, I think us, I think we as, uh, as a team ran, you know, he was more of a figurehead than anything, I think, and that the team as a, as a group with some leadership from the, the seniors and so forth, pretty much, uh, I mean, not that he didn't play a role, but I, you know, I recognize him in the picture for sure. I remember he used to call me Bobby and uh, that kind of thing, but I, I, I don't really have a whole lot more memory of his leadership. So yeah, because I mean, soccer, as you mentioned, was a club the year before, right. the years before. It was, a, it was a big deal to get soccer to become a varsity sport, but you, you got there the first year it was a varsity sport. Did the right. upperclassmen, um, indicate that this was a big season for the team since they were finally varsity status or you know um, I have to say that I, I really don't recall that being a freshman and really tied up with you know all that comes with that I just uh, I, I mean I started um, I played I looked at looking at that picture I remember every single one of those guys and almost all of their names from the very freshman year I noticed, you know, right there in the middle of the back row of the picture there is uh, Bob Lance. Mm -hmm. And of course there's a, and Bob and I played together for three years because he was a year ahead of me and a uh, very fine player. And of course there's a, an award named after him um, at the school now. He was a dogged front lineman. You were a defensive player? I was, I was, I was a defender, yeah. 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 I what think I scored one goal in my, in my life. <laughs> I think I saw an arc about that. Yeah, the team, you guys beat Maine, right? We beat the tar out of them. Just about everybody got one, I think. Even <laughs> even Thompson, yeah. So your one goal, take me through. I'm sure you remember. I, I remember uh, kind of, uh, of course, it was a long shot. But um, and any defender is usually a long shot. Um, and uh, carried the ball for a while and, and, and put it in. That's, you know. Not something guys like me in the back line normally do. So, were you surprised it went in? Were you like, "Oh, that was"? <laughs> oh heck yeah! <laughs> That's not supposed to happen. Didn't say much for the University of Maine at the time. I got to say that. Yeah. When did you decide to join the tennis team? I'm a tennis player. Yeah. Uh, and I I played I played um, well I played tennis in uh, you know I was introduced to it I don't know what what, what age but I played tennis in high school. And um, I was, uh, pat myself on the back here, me and my doubles partner, we were Connecticut State doubles champions in our senior year. So when I came to Bates, I was definitely going to play tennis if I could. And uh, I played with Stu Wallach, um, for oh. whom the tennis center is named. Stu and I played doubles together. And I played as a freshman. And... Um, uh, but I, I played only two years because had I played another year, I probably wouldn't have got out of there. I was just too, too busy. I was doing too many things. 
Um, I, I sang in the Deansman, um, you know, the soccer responsibilities, uh, trying to trying to do my studies, and uh, I was a I was a proctor. I, you know, so I was I was a busy guy, and I, I had to make a decision. Well, tell me what Stu Wallach was like um, as a doubles partner. Well, he, I, you know, he was a good tennis player, uh, New Yorker, and uh, he used to call me Frosh. Remember that? Very nice guy. Um, you know, as a freshman athlete who's doing pretty well, uh, you know, you get raised up a peg, and uh, and he would always, you know. He would, as opposed to walking by me, as uh, you know, as many seniors do, by by the lowly freshman, he would call me out. We would we would talk. He was he was a very skilled tennis player, and uh, you know, uh, untimely early death. Like, you know, I, it, it was fun to play with him. Um, he was a, a darn good tennis player. He led the team. He was number one singles for soccer. For, for you, what, what made defense, you know, you play defense, what made that such a good fit for you? To this day, I like to dribble and dribble a soccer ball and horse around with one. Or not that I do it a lot, but if one of the kids is around, I, I will. You know, I guess some people are just, just lead more towards, I'm a big, I'm a big guy. You know, when I was at Bates, I was 6'4". I'm not, I'm 6'2 now, but uh, it happens. Um, and you know, you don't see too many six-four uh, center forwards. You know, it's just not not that common. Uh, it does happen, but it's not that common. So there's an advantage for um, you know heading the ball um, when you're on def in defense. And I would play. I played center and I played um, halfback and fullback. Both. I, I was better at. It. I was. I was better at defense. Defending. It's not that I didn't love to run with the ball and 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 go with it and. and as a defender, you do that a lot. Um, once you take it away or block and take it with you, you, you go for a while and then you're, you're going to feed somebody on the front line. So it was definitely where I belonged. Yeah. So after one year with Coach Somerville, Roy Sigler comes in for two years. Tell me about him. What was he like? Roy Sigler. He was, a, he was one heck of a soccer player mm. himself. He was a young man. He and I became pretty good friends, actually. Not that there wasn't a division between us, but we – you know, we were pretty good friends to the extent that uh, I was in his wedding. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. He was, you know, he was a talented guy, brought a lot to the team because of his, his background and, and playing skills and, and his history of playing. And so uh, he provided that, you know, coaching leadership that, that uh, you know, perhaps was lacking to some degree prior to that. Um, and, Gave us a little, you know, a little more of a uh, professional uh, a team spirit, and you know, he he knew what you did, what you were supposed to do, you know, how to, how to how to warm up, what are the exercises you're supposed to do. He knew about conditioning, you know, all that kind of stuff, which is not necessarily the kind of thing. Although, another you know, Mr. Somerville might not have uh, might have been on top of. Your senior year, George Wigden comes in, and I've yeah. talked to George before, and he said, "I, my, you know, I didn't know much about soccer. I just let, I just let, uh, you know, Rob and the boys run the team. Was that, was that what you remember?" Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's true. That you know, great guy. Uh, he was upfront from the beginning in talking to me. I know that he he gained those skills and right and became a pretty good soccer. But yeah, we. I mean, I was, uh, you know, 
the assistant coach, <laughs> no doubt about it, which was uh, really uh, a nice experience, uh, a little more uh, um, responsibility than you, we would normally have, but I was captain anyway, so you, you had it anyways. But, you know, we soaked it up like a sponge and, you know, he's an athlete by, uh, and, you know, he's a coach by nature, so he, he, he understood um, and, and, and learned a lot about the, the basics uh, of soccer, I think, uh, in that first year, for sure. Very nice experience. What was it like for you to be one, of the, basically one of the coaches that season? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of, it was great. I, I can't say that I have any specific thought about a recommendation I made that was a, a real highlight and put us uh, in, but I, you know, he was constantly asking me um, for my opinion on things. And, and I, you know, you get so you, you just offer it anyways. Right. Um, when you're in that, in that, especially, especially in practices. What were, uh, what were road trips like back then? I mean, tell me a <laughs> little bit about those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to be at the bus at a certain time and, uh, and off you go and uh, you dressed up. Um, my recollection is uh, you dressed up um, unless it was, you know, I was trying to think if we had any that we just, uh, that we just went in uniform for. I don't recall. It's pretty much the way it is, you know, was and probably today too. And, uh, you know, none of them were very, very, you know, our trips were in Maine, New Hampshire. I'm trying to think if we came to Connecticut. We played University of Bridgeport, but we paid the, played them in Maine. Mm. But, you know, they were usually down and backs. Different world today, I think. And, and the, we were roughing it. And... Uh, <laughs> I do recall a, uh, a very vivid memory of a, of a game in New, at University of New Hampshire, UNH. And I remember that uh, I was playing fullback and I was defending and, and the ball was down and right in front of our, our goal. I was going after the ball and this forward booted the ball. It was down, he booted it up like this. I was leaning forward. It hit me right between the eyes. My glasses went bow. Now they split right then, knocked me out. So I didn't play the rest of that game. And what I remember is uh, sitting in the back of the bus on the way home, just trying not to cry. Mm. It had just, it would have been, I guess, a, it had just not, not crying because it hurt, but it was just a traumatic, it was a, you know, I guess I had a concussion and, uh, and I, I just, I couldn't stop balling the whole time, almost all the way back to, back, back to Bates. Did, did Bates um, win that game? Do you remember? Or? <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> right. Huh. I, I only remember that right. uh, very vividly. You you played with glasses then. That gotta be, that's got to be challenging in soccer, right? What did you uh, you know, um, I didn't think anything up at the time, you know, and that was, I'm trying to think, I think that's the only incident that I can think of where it, you know, created a problem for me. My, um, my vision was so bad that it was necessary. Um, I wasn't doing contacts. Uh, you got to be a little careful when you're heading the ball and so forth, but I, I was a good header. And um, 
So it's just, you know, you get used to it. And I, I, I didn't even, it wasn't even a thought for me. Wasn't a consideration. At some point you joined the football team, junior year maybe. How did, how did, how did the process of you signing on to kick with the football team while you're also yeah. playing soccer happen? They recruited me. I didn't go and volunteer. Uh, and I think it, I, I guess it was Bob Hatch uh, who probably approached me. Um, and I don't know if he approached the coach before me. I don't know. I, I don't recall that. But he, he asked, would you, you know, I think I'm trying, I don't remember trying to remember the course of events, but they did ask me if I would, like to kick some, like to kick some first, right? And try to, you know, try some field goals, try some, you know, some kickoffs and stuff like that. Which, you know, for somebody like me, it's a sitting duck. Um, you know, soccer balls move and roll. Football, at least on the kickoff, it's just sitting there. On a field goal, it's it's a little more of a moving target, but um, nonetheless, it's still ultimately put down and if it's done well. So um, the, the arrangement was made. I was willing to, to give it a try. And the, the, um, the coach, uh, our, my coach uh, gave permission. And um, so I, I'm trying to remember, I guess the first game must have been a home game. Um, and uh, I would wear, I wore um, the full upper part of the uniform, but I didn't wear some of the pads. I didn't wear the hip pads and all that stuff. And I was trained on kickoff to, <laughs> to kick the ball and, and, to, and to start backing up. <laughs> um, and I was the safety valve. There was no doubt about it. They they did say that you know everybody gets through, and this guy's coming at you. Go get him, you know, uh, rather than run away from him, um, which would have been my first nature probably. Um, so uh, great, gratefully, that never did happen. Mm. Um, but I could, you know, I could kick a football pretty long ways. Um, and we did some practices, and we practiced uh, doing field goals. I did kick a field goal against Bowden at Bowden. Definitely remember that. Do you remember maybe the longest field goal you ever made, or is that not something you ever kept track of? I think that one was in the 30s, 35 mm -hmm. maybe. Yeah. So you never had to make a tackle, it sounds like. Never. I never had to make a tackle. Okay, okay. Did right. you get to know the football guys very well, or was it kind of a deal where you're just kind of showing up on Saturday sometimes? I would practice with them a little bit at the end of soccer practice. They might still be out there, and so we, I'd do a little bit of that. In terms of getting to know the guys, I mean, I knew, a you know, Bates is not a big school. Right. right. Back then it was even smaller. Yeah. And, of course, I knew, uh, you know, all the major players. Um, they knew me, and uh, – you know, I knew Tom Carr and sure. John Euskis, uh, all, all those guys. You know, I mean, they, they, I, you know, some were more friendly with me than others, but we certainly knew each other. Well, that leads into, like, maybe some particularly memorable teammates, whether it be – we touched on a few, like Bob Lanton soccer, um, you know, you mentioned tennis and, and some football guys. But who are some – maybe some particularly memorable teammates when we haven't talked about yet in any of those sports? Uh, well, the goalie – in my junior and senior year was Dave Harkness. Mm -hmm. Not only a, I turned out to be a very fine goalie, 
but a good guy. And, and we, we were in the same dorm together. So not that he was a, a roommate, but uh, he was a friend and, and a fine player. Bob Houlihan, lefty, halfback, crazy man. <laughs> He's a, I think he, he was, uh, he's still uh, an avid soccer guy up in the Boston area, an attorney. I remember way back the beginning, not in the last couple of years, but in the uh, first year or two, the goalie at the time was a fellow by the name of Don Winnie. He was the first, his first year as a collegiate, he was a sing, senior, mm. but he was a goalie, a fine, fine goalie. Um, we had some good players, some really good players. I remember way back then, this is, this is soccer, the manager of the team in the first year was a fellow by the name of Jeff Ruwald. And Bates has always been a fantastic debating school. Back then, there were these intercollegiate debates that were big time, and Bates was huge in it. And Ruwald was the man. Mm. He was the, he was the, you'll find him in the 63 picture um, over on the side. Another player I played a lot with, a fellow by the name of George Beebe, very fine defender. I'm talking at a skill level of, you know, over 50 years ago. I'm, I'm 75. Mm. So 55 years ago, 56, 57 years ago, you know, different ball game today. Totally. I am curious. What was soccer strategy like back then compared to what you see now in collegiate soccer? Perhaps? Mm. Well, this, the basic strategy back, although similar, you know, then we would, we, we had five forwards and that's not always the case today. You know, you had a center forward, two insides and two uh, left and right wing. And then typically you had a, a, a center, center half back, left and right half and two fullbacks and left and right fullback and, and the goalie. That's, that's a classic soccer formation. In today's world, there's lots of variations on that. You have sweepers, you've got, you know, it's, hard, it's very difficult to look at it and say, uh, this is a, you know, they do three, three, three types of stuff. They do a lot of different things. And uh, so not as classic. Of course, when I started playing soccer, you didn't have the throw in. When the ball went out of bounds, you kicked, you, you placed it where it was, oh. or it went out of bounds, and it was a kick in. And that change occurred while I was at Bates. Oh, interesting. And I can't tell you exactly when, but it did. The throw Was one kind of like thrown off by that? Like we have to throw the ball? No, it's, it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's a big change. Yeah. And, and to learn how to do it, the throw in properly and so forth, you know, it's, it's, it's a, and of course, you know, a throw in will generally not go anywhere near as far as, as you can with a kick, uh, whether you should or shouldn't, but uh, that, um, it's, it's a dip that really changes things tremendously. Mm. Your senior year, you were named an All-American. Do you remember when you found out about that, what it meant to you, kind of, at the time? It still means a lot to me. Yeah. I'm not sure what the formal notification process is. Um, I mean, I was all New England a lot, a number of years. And, uh, and I used to learn about that from the coach. And then you would receive a formal letter, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I, still have a, I still have the letter and so forth about the All-American status. I remember my father telling me about it. 
but I honestly don't remember how I first learned about it. Mm. But it was, uh, I tell that was out of the blue for me. I mean, something I, I mean, I always hoped to do was to, to be on the first string all New England, but uh, that was something I, you know, I worked hard to, you know, I just played my best and hoped that, it, you know, but the all American thing, that was, holy moly. Anyways, today I couldn't be a bat boy. <laughs> You're one of two All-Americans in men's soccer history at Bates. I mean, how proud does that make you? To, you know, to... Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's, um, it makes me very, very proud. It's something, I, you know, it's a, it's an achievement that I didn't seek, but I, but I got, and, um, I, uh, it's just, it, it always, I think about it, it always makes me happy. Uh, I don't think about it that often, but, uh, I think about it when I go, go to see a Bates game or most any collegiate soccer game. I just like to watch collegiate soccer. So mm. I'll go to the, watch the games around here. Um, but I, you know, I, I usually pick out a game or two that I try to see Bates play. Right, right. Do you live in Connecticut now, or? Yes, I live in Connecticut now. Okay. So I, when they're they're down this way, uh, uh, which they usually are, yeah. uh, one one or, or two games, and yeah. I'm around. Yeah, you know, they got Wesleyan and Don mm -hmm. College and Trinity. And I'm right near, you know. I'm you know right in the backyard of those guys. So. What are the athletes like now compared to when you were playing? Just watching them. Well, I, it's hard to say, um, but they're, they're, the, the, I, I watched the collegiate game today, uh, and it seemed, it seemed so fast, mm. very, very fast, almost to my liking, too fast. Um, I mean, if you, watch, if you watch professional soccer, I mean, it, it goes slow, then fast. Right. Collegiate soccer that I've seen in the last few years is just bam, 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 bam. And just, you know, well, from my perspective, not enough slowing down, not enough, not enough um, tech, not enough basic fundamental stuff. And I was always a fundamentals guy. And, and to this day, I'm a believer in it. Um, and that it's where games are won and lost and fundamentals. And, uh, you know, First of all, kicking the ball properly, blocking, tackling, all those things. When done properly, the ball stays close to you. When not done properly, it leaves you and you lose control. Um, and so I, if I had a, uh, a, any uh, review of soccer as I've seen it on a collegiate level this, these days, it's too fast. Mm. And uh, nobody has time to, you know, there's no there's very little finesse bam 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 right right yeah when well speaking of that in terms of fundamentals after you graduated from Bates since you were basically coaching the team your senior year did you go into coaching at all did you do any coaching no of soccer? no yeah. and you know I didn't when I, I it wasn't even on my radar mm. uh when I um actually when I left Bates um I actually got an offer from the Canadian Football League to try out for one of their teams. I don't even think I replied to the letter. I don't remember. Well, it just wasn't 
something I was going to do. Wait, was that football like football or football like soccer? Football like football. Oh, for kicking. Okay. Canadian, yeah, for kicking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <clears throat> so I'd gotten on somebody's radar, I guess. But no, when I, I haven't, um, you know, I left uh, when I graduated, I went into the, the Domestic Peace Corps, uh, VISTA, Volunteers in Service to America. And I was involved in that and related, related activities and Head Start and so forth for three years. And then I was in the Army for three years. And in the course of that time, got married and all that kind of stuff. Had kids, had a family, um, stopped. You know, I didn't play tennis for about 40 years, really, outside of hitting the ball with my kids once in a while, but never played, really. Mm. Well, but I did play in the Army. I played tennis in the Army. Mm. It, wasn't my, it wasn't my job, but I played on a tennis team in, in Europe. Um, but when I retired uh, six, seven years ago, I returned to playing tennis. Mm. And I've been playing on average, except for this last couple months, which has been a little crazy. Um, I play basically three times a week, 12 months a year, inside, outside, both. I played this morning. Oh, excellent. So was it, when you picked up the racket again, was, was there any adjustment or was like, oh, pick up well, the racket? There, off, there, there, were, uh, there were a lot of memories, but they didn't necessarily translate into action. <laughs> uh, because there were many years in between, but um, I took a few lessons, you know, I mean, I, the basics are there. I just had a lot of rust and, uh, um, and uh, of course, you know, a lot older, so I couldn't move quite like I used to, but uh, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm fit. I, I exercise, I, I exercise uh, a lot. Yeah. Was it a tough decision to leave the tennis team at Bates? Because I mean, you yeah, it was it was a it was a difficult. I mean, I, it was totally my decision. Um, it was the right decision um, uh, for me. Um, but yeah, it was it was not an easy one. It was one of those thinking a lot about it and and getting it down to well, why am I here? Right. One of those questions. Well, speaking of that, from an academic perspective, who are some memorable professors for you? Huh. Well, I was a sociology major, but I had close to a, an, another major in, in economics because mm. I had, uh, had a scholarship, not from Bates, but from Connecticut that required a lot of economics. Um, I remember Mr. Ralph Chance. Um, he was a, a Tagliabui. These are people who, yes. he was a very well-known poet back then. Um, Mr. Nelson, um, who was English, and a person who was very, uh, who I became a very close friend with, um, and it was Carl Straub, mm -hmm. who, who passed away recently, or within the last year. Carl, Carl came to Bates, um, and when, uh, while we were, while I was there. So I don't think it was his, I don't know if it was in our freshman year, but our class became very friendly with Carl Strong. In fact, when at our 50th reunion, he was our speaker. Mm. And we had kind of adopted him as, as our 
Uh, yeah. So he was somebody who was important to me, a friend. I would visit with him. Another person who was very important to me when I was at Bates, though not a, not a teacher then, but was a, uh, a fellow, uh, Peter Gomes, mm-hmm. after whom the chapel is named. And um, Peter was in a class ahead of me. Mm. And uh, so I knew, I was, I was a singer. And so Peter, Peter conducted a, a church choir and was, you know, and so I got to know him very well. Special, special guy. Yeah, you, you mentioned your singing. Were any other student athletes at the time also singers, or are you basically the only one uh, double dipping there, kind of? Yeah, it takes time. Yeah. Steve Johansson, mm-hmm. who was a couple years behind me, and a fine frontline guy, good guy, actually a West Hartford kid. Mm. Um, he, uh, he, he became a member of the Deansman, I think, in my junior year, mm. um, as I recall. So he, you know, he, so he was. There were no football players I can think of. Yeah, Tom Carr wasn't a part of the Deansman. Tom Carr was not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nope. Uh, I can't, you know, that's what comes to my mind. Um, on top of you know some of my fondest memories besides my sports memories are my my deansman singing memories, singing all over the place. Yeah, that Carnegie means- Hall and, and the World's Fair. And, I was going to say that's more that's more traveling than athletics. <laughs> well, it, it, there was uh, yeah, I mean there there were times when we you know and we didn't and we were kind of on our own. We were not. Mm. It's it is I don't know today, but it was a. You know, not that it, the base, the not that the college didn't recognize it, but you guys were, uh, you know, you had your own, created your own fees. You got, your, you know, you're on your own, kind of in some regards. So, right, right, yeah. Well, Bob Lands, you mentioned you played three years with him. Tell me a little bit more about him as a person. And, and yeah, he was a really um, focused guy. He was, he was like a bull on the front line just you know he had he was he, he wasn't you know over, wasn't a real tall fellow he wasn't just medium height i guess but he was you know his legs and the, he was very heavy throughout his lower body and you know he would he would just and yet he had uh, had good good control and good finesse and he had fundamentals uh, you don't see somebody on the front line who scores a lot who doesn't they mm-hmm. They, they can't do it without it, without, you know, if they're good, that's what they're going to do. And um, was, I think he was a business major. Um, uh, and, uh, and I think he did, he did well in business afterwards. Um, I think he was with a bank. Um, you know, I don't know, we weren't buddy, buddy, but we were, you know, you get on the ball field and you're, you're a buddy out there, you know, I mean, we didn't socialize and stuff. But, mm-hmm. Who, who are some of the teammates you socialize with, perhaps? Hmm. Huh. Uh, you know what? Um, outside of my um, being friendly with my my teammates, for the most part, I didn't hang around with my teammates. Hmm. They weren't, you know, I wasn't. It wasn't my um, my junior and senior year. I 
I roomed with a fellow by the name of Oliver Andrews, who was a uh, English major and uh, kind of a you know wonderful guy, brainy guy, but he didn't know how to spell soccer ball, you know. <laughs> and uh, and other people I roomed with were, you know, were uh, so I've always kind of been um, since I, as you say, I was in those two camps. I was in the, the singing camp and, and the, the sports camp. Um, it's a whole different ball game. And uh, so I crossed those lines and I was very comfortable with it and uh, felt right at, at home in both, both areas. Um, had friends in all areas, but if my, my closer friends would and probably more of those over in the, hmm. the singing side and, and, and other dorm people. Gotcha. You touched on something before we started recording. You do remember one time where you kicked for the football team and played a soccer match on the same day. Tell me about that. That was the base. That was the day I kicked the field goal at Bowdoin. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely remember that. I don't remember if we won the soccer game or not. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I don't even know if I won the football game. I couldn't tell you. Uh, I'm sure I knew, I knew at the time, but I, you know, but just a, uh, what a cool feeling. Yeah. Just, geez, this works, you know, you can do it. Uh, not just in practice. Fun. Fun. So I, think, I, I think I kicked another one at Bates, a shorter one. I did some extra points. One of the field goals you kicked, the newspaper article said it was the first one Bates had made in like four years or something. Or that was five. probably, that was the Bowden yeah. one probably. Yeah. Well, you know, you move from a toe kick to an instep kick and it's a whole different ball game. Well, I was going to say, it's totally different mechanics, right? I mean, uh, it's, it's totally different mechanics. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, and today, all you got to do is look at all the professional football teams and their, their kickers. They're all soccer players. Mm-hmm. Are they, you know, that's where they come from, that ilk. Because none of them, nobody uses, who's a kicker uses a toe kick. Mm-hmm. Not today. Right. You know, they, you approach it from the side, not straight on. Toe kick is straight on. Right. No control. You're, the ball is being hit at one point on the ball. And so it can go this way, this way. And if you're lucky, it goes this way. Yeah. Um, whereas a soccer, you know, kick, you're, you're, the ball is here. This part, this whole part of your foot is, is, control, is on the ball. You have so many square inches controlling the uh, just, you know, mechanics. Yeah, I, I played soccer. I never kicked field goals. So it, for you, it was... It was the same though. There were no toe kicks in football at that point. Oh well, not for me. Not for there you. were there were for other teams. For other teams. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. It was it was it was guys like me were starting to show you know show up, but there was still a lot of toe kicking even in the pros. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And so that the day you kicked the field goal at Bowdoin, that that was in the morning kind of, and then you what you just hopped on the. The it was a, the the soccer was in the morning. Oh, the soccer in the morning. Okay. And and the 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 football game was at Bowdoin. So both games were at Bowdoin. They were both at Bowdoin. Okay. Gotcha. Both at Bowdoin. So I just had to go over to the other field, get gotcha. the other uniform. There was no thirty-five minute drive to try to get to somewhere. You were already. No, there. no, no. I was across <laughs> campus somewhere. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, I, I did want to go back real quick. You mentioned you got a letter from the CFL for football. You don't remember what team or anything or like that, or I do not. Okay, and you did, you it wasn't even a big deal for you. You're just like, oh, 
Uh, well, I, I knew I wasn't going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I was already committed to to uh, going out to Michigan and uh, mm -hmm. joining Vista, um, something I had planned on doing for a long time. And uh, it, you know, it, it really just, it was, uh, it was almost funny. It was an honor to receive such a thing that, you know, that you requested that, or would you like to try out? But I couldn't take it seriously. Mm. Um, you know, it just wasn't in my plans. Right, right. Yeah. So I guess uh, last question for you then would be kind of, um, so after you graduate from Bates, you go on to, you know, in your career and everything, how did you, your experience at Bates from an educational perspective, from an athletic perspective, kind of mold you in terms of preparing you for, you know, your career going forward after that? You know, the academic background that you get at Bates is so broad. It's very hard to say where, it, where you know, it's not, you don't train for at least some do more than others, but I certainly didn't. Uh, you know, I, I didn't train for a specific area. So it prepared me for working with people because ultimately I was in business. Um, it prepared me for leadership. Certainly my athletic, you know, the, the athletics um, always, um, they, they of course prepared me for leadership, but they prepare you for hard work. You know, practice, practice, practice. You know, that's how you get to Carnegie Hall, is you practice, practice, practice. And and the same thing's true with anything endeavor that you undertake, you need to to work at it. So all of those things together just help form me um, to be to be who I am. Um, I uh, I am a um, a people person. I'm a bashful people person. Um, and uh, so Bates is a people place, and um, it, it really is. Wonderful, wonderful school. And, and I know that today there's more diversity in the student body than there ever has been in so many ways, and, and, and far more than it ever was with us, that the school is, is still essentially the basic fundamental approach to life, and caring for people and doing the next right thing are, is, is ever present. It is something I learned at Bates. I take with me all the time. And I think it's still there and it's a very strong virtue. And uh, if I had to do it all over again, I would not, uh, I wouldn't change a thing. Very, very happy with my experience. Awesome, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Aaron, it's a pleasure talking to you. Next time on the Bates Bobcast, we'll interview another Bobcat from days gone by. Find out who next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bates, Bates.